Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life, books and champagne, brought to you by Amanda and Ellen, co-owners of your local independent bookstore, Dog-Eared Books in Ames, Iowa. First, give me a cheers. Okay, okay we're ready. And yeah. books are sexy. Udays. 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 Actually, this is a good one. Udays. Um, Udays. By Enrico Serafino. Are we recording yet? Ellen. Amanda. We're drinking Udays by Enrico Serafino. We've we've had this before on the podcast. It's a beautiful golden shell for its logo. And it was made in 2018. What were we doing in 2018? What were we doing? I have no idea. I think you were teaching. I was teaching. I was chasing around a toddler. Yeah, you know. me too. Three-year-olds. We had three-year-olds, right? Two-year-olds? No, two-year-olds. <laughs> okay. We had two-year-olds. About to turn three for me. It's from Spain, but it's not Prosecco. It's traditional method of champagne. <laughs> just just to be clear. Okay. We, that we need to be clear on that. We don't want anyone to make assumptions. Um, what are you reading right now, Ellen? Thanks for asking, Amanda. Mm-hmm. I'm reading Kala, which I talked a little bit about last week. I had just started it, I think. It's by Colin Walsh. It is an Irish mystery. <laughs> there we go. Now we're going. And it is super good. If you like Tana French, who I love, you should read this book. It's got a lot of those vibes, Um, but it's not like a detective story. It centers around this group of six friends, um, three boys, three girls, who come of age together in the early 2000s in this like tourist town in Ireland. And when they are 15, one of them disappears and she's never been found. And now they are in their 30s and... They are sort of reconvening in the town because there is a wedding happening. Um, And one of them has, you know, stayed in the town. He runs a cafe with his mom. One of them died in their 20s um, by suicide. One of them is a famous musician. Uh, One of them is an expat living in Canada doing freelance journalism once, you know, stay-at-home mom. and then It's like the town. Spice Girls. but like The Spice Girls reunion. Yeah. Um, but they, they come back to town, and when they are there, the re- and this is like 16 years later or something, human remains have been found, and then there are also these, um, the cousins of Mush, who's one of the characters, the one who runs the cafe with his mom. He's got these cousins who are like in their teens. And their older brother was one of the ones who ran around in this group and was who died by suicide. And anyway, the twins are named Donna and Marie after the Osmonds. That's so great. <laughs> um, and Donna and Marie are like snotty teenagers and they're acting up. It's their mother or their father, sorry. No, their mother who's about to be married to this guy. And anyway, they've, they're missing. It's, they seem to be missing. Nobody knows for sure. Like they, they think they're just being brats and it becomes clear over time that maybe there's something more sinister. Wow. And also human remains have been found. Mm. And so anyway, these friends are back together and they're all individually, it switches perspectives 
between three of them. And they're all sort of trying to figure out um, <clears throat> what happened to Kala. They all are grappling with their own guilt around it. And over the course of the story, more and more things get revealed about their friendships and the time period during which she went missing. Is this a debut novel? I believe that it is. That's exciting. And um, yeah, it's it's really good. I would say it's like a slow kind of a slow burn mystery mm-hmm. it's not like a thriller where you're going to be like obsessed with like getting to the next page but it's the writing is really really good that's exciting and uh the story's good and there's some weird um things with time and overlapping time and deja yeah. vu that are happening i was telling you about it i yeah. don't know what it all means but there's also like is there a, uh something you know different happening you know outside of how we understand reality cool. also going on in the story so that's what i'm reading what are you reading i just finished last night good material by dolly alderton i have a hard time saying her last name too many consonants Jen, right Ooh, really I think oh my so. god hold on i'm looking this <laughs> up um ghosts oh dang it and Dear Dolly. So I've not read Dolly Alderton before, but I've been looking for a great book to share with our subscribers in January. And this was on my list. Why did I pick it up? One is a super cool cover. Um, it's like color blocked and I don't know what else to say about it, but you'll look it up. You'll it's a see nice it. cover. It's, it's a nice cover. Um, it's also the premise is a man named Andy has been broken up with by his long-term girlfriend, Jen, and he doesn't know why. And he's having a really hard time with it. But the, did I say the title? It's called Good Material. Yes. Okay. So he is a middling, maybe failed comic in London. (laughs) And he, I mean, he just loves it. This is his life. Um, And I love the idea of telling a story from the perspective of a stand-up comedian. I really enjoyed The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Did either of you watch that? Yes, I did watch that. I love it. That was very good. So I like the idea of trying to understand that type of artist. What I told you I enjoyed about it is this is like a classic women's fiction story that, you know, there's a subgenre of fiction, I guess you would say, called women's fiction. And it's supposed <laughs> to be it's it gets pigeonholed into these like home family relationship stories. But what isn't women's fiction? I mean, hello. Any, any man on. that's alive is only here because we pushed him out or you know what? So. It's all, all fiction is women's fiction, but women's fiction is more related to family, relationships, those sorts of things. Um, but this book read like women's fiction for me, for me, but it's told from the perspective of Andy, a man, a man who has feelings, who's trying to figure out how to process this loss, feeling very alone, very emotional. Um, so I found that refreshing, like a book told from an emotional, sentimental man's perspective. It's (laughs) a breakup story um, and it's about friends and figuring out how to be okay on your own. I, I enjoyed it. 
I read it in two sittings. That says something. I was going to say, like, you, when I talked to you yesterday morning, you had just started it. Yeah. My brain can easily be distracted, and I really enjoyed this one. So that's what I'm reading. Excellent. All right. Topic of conversation this week is really fun. Okay. We're calling this conversation, read the book first. Duh. Duh. Um, because there are some recent and also highly anticipated forthcoming film or show adaptations of books that we personally love. Right. So we want to talk a little bit about the ones that we think that we're excited about um, that are getting all the buzz. I will add a caveat, though. Like, I have mixed feelings. I'm very excited for all of these, but I'm also kind of pissed off because (laughs) I've already read the story. Like, I understand we've been through a writer's strike, so you know, adapting, but even writers have to be involved in adapting books into movies. So it's not like that's really an excuse, but I miss discovering original writing in movies and TV shows. Yeah. I will say that like, I am excited to watch film adaptations of books that I love, Mm -hmm. but I also, there is, I mean, the plot is spoiled for me. Like I know what's going to happen and I'm always going to be comparing it. So there's like, I don't anticipate them quite as much. But it is fun to see a beloved story brought to life in a 3D kind of way. I guess it's still 2D because it's on the screen, but um, 3D people acted it out. So it's really nice to see (laughs) the visual representation of a story that previously only lived inside my brain in the many brains of people who read them. Your boyfriend's outside, Amanda. Okay. Right there. Her husband is standing outside, but she looked at the cop who was giving tickets as her boyfriend. (laughs) I think the one many people have been very excited about just debuted. It's Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. And this book, um, or this, it's a show. It's on Apple TV and the first episode, I think several episodes. Two episodes. October 13th. And it's starring Brie Larson of Marvel fame. Um, but give us a synopsis of this story, Amanda, and why we like this book so much. Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus um, was published in April 2022. Side note, we have a really cool used version of the paperback from the UK in our used section right now. If it hasn't already sold, look it up. It's a super cool cover. Um, the American hardcover cover was just as beautiful. I dressed up as it for Halloween last year. But it is the story of Elizabeth Zott, a passionate chemist whose pursuit of a PhD was cut short by sexual assault, um, who now finds herself working as a lab assistant at a chemical um, business. And this is the 1960s. It's in the 1960s in Southern California. She's working as a lab assistant. And... She very much keeps herself apart from the chemists who have a very sexist view of her because she's a woman. Even Um, though she is smarter than most of them. She's more intelligent than all of them, basically. And she's fighting these weird gender politics within the business. And she develops an intellectual connection with the star of their their chemistry um, company. Calvin Evans is like been nominated for a Nobel Prize. And he is the one who's brought in all the funding 
for Hastings and makes everyone else's work possible. But he is also a recluse. He has his own lab, keeps himself. Nobody can get access to him. He's been unresponsive to all the execs of the company. And the two of them bond over research. That bond, despite Elizabeth's reticence to connect with people, becomes something more. Their relationship becomes something more. And complications ensue. And they, they sort of agree. They have this sort of intellectual understanding of each other where they like, they're not sure that they want to get married. They're not, you know, sure that they want to have a family necessarily. Um, but, but we also know, and the book starts this way, as does the TV show, that at some point in the future, Elizabeth is no longer a chemist, but she is the host of Supper at Six, a national cooking television show that is massively popular. She doesn't play by the rules of what a housewife should be. She is empowering women to see their work in their homes as valuable. And so what's happened between the start of this relationship with Calvin and her work at Hastings to bring her to this point that she is the star, a national star of a cooking show. And we and we also know straight out the gate that she is a mom. A right. single mom. And so we get this moment of she's she's hosting a, a famous TV show, she has a child, and then we're thrown at back Hastings mm-hmm. and we're mm-hmm. and we're wondering how did she get from point A to There's point There's a disconnect. So the book is about what happens in the middle. I loved the book. I think it's amazing. And it continues to be a bestseller in our right. store. I think it's a great uh, book club book. Mm-hmm. If you're in a book club, mm-hmm. this is one to pick up if you haven't done it already. Mm-hmm. Right. I've seen both of the first episodes. I watched uh, episode one with my mom and sister. Um, and then, you know, I had to get right to episode two within a day. I My mom said, it's a little slow. I felt that the show thus far has really allowed the story to develop as it did in the book. I feel like it's staying true to a lot of the pacing. I would like to go back and read the book to kind of compare a few details about things that happen in the very beginning at Hastings Research. Uh, I... kind of believe in Calvin and Elizabeth's relationship. Like, I feel like it's true to the book. This kind of formality uh, walls up. Um, Yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. Verdict's still out. Okay. Are you going to watch it? I am going to watch it. Um, I just haven't gotten to it yet. Because as you know, I mean, I've got Bachelor in Paradise. I've got Big Brother. I've got Love is Blind. I've got Golden Bachelor. Survivor. It's only so much, so many hours in a week, Amanda. I know. All right, this next one I am very excited to see releases, <clears throat> or it released on Friday, October twentieth. This is the movie adaptation of *Killers of the Flower Moon* by David Grant, which was originally published in twenty seventeen. It won a bunch of awards. The movie is directed by Martin Scorsese, and it's got a ton of famous people in it, including Leonardo DiCaprio. Lily Gladstone, Robert De Niro, Robert De Niro, and Jesse Plemons. And this is a non, it's nonfiction. I mean, it's, it's a true story about an FBI investigation 
into, in the 1920s, um, on Osage territory, oil deposits were found. And through the courts, the rights to that land were granted as they should be to the Osage. But what happens when indigenous people own oil depositories, they start getting murdered. Um, so there's like this serial, like this deliberate, slow serial killing of powerful and wealthy Osage people. And the FBI gets involved. Right. And this this is both about the Osage murders and also about the basically the formation of the FBI. Yes. And we read this in our book club because our nonfiction loving member, Lori Woodcock, made us, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure that's why I read it. Yeah, I don't remember the circumstances under which I read it. It might have been book club, but I feel like it's it, a it's a fantastic book. And if you haven't read it, you should you really should read it. And put David Gran on your radar for narrative nonfiction. Um he, people love his work. He wrote one about the lost city of Z, which I read about in a picture book by Greg Pizzoli. <laughs> I love it. But his most recent book is our favorite part of history. Maritime disasters. Yes. The Pirates major. and maritime disasters. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, I do still have the hots. I mean, I'm a 90s kid for Leonardo DiCaprio. And I really enjoy Jesse Plemons as an actor. Okay. We'll see. We both need to watch that. We'll report back. <clears throat> He's married to Kirsten Dunst. Oh, that one. That's right. Okay. All I know is I think they're from like my What's his <laughs> name? Jesse? Jesse Plemons. Clem Plem Plemons. Oh. P-L-E-M-O-N-S. What? Ew. <laughs> I don't have a question. I don't think he's a good looking man. He is a he's he needs a some very, facial peels. He's a very good actor. Okay, cool. He is a very good actor. All exciting. We should have a watch party. He was in the HBO series Love and Death, which came out, I think, over the summer. We're both excited for this next one. It's we, a, it's a Christmas movie. It. Yeah, it's a Christmas movie. Uh, sort of is releases October 25th and uh, it's leave the world behind by Rumana Alam. Um, and this is, this is a movie it's on going to be released on Netflix and it stars Julia Roberts, Ethan Hawke, Mahershala Ali. So a very star studded cast here. And this book is so fucking creepy. Like yep. I still think about this book. All the time. And I read it, and I think in 2020. I think it was a pandemic read for me. Yeah. Um, it was published in 2020. You and I both read it during pandemic. It is about a couple who are driving out to Long Island to stay in a luxury Airbnb with their children. And they're, they're fancy pants. They're from Brooklyn. They're, and they're, they settle into it like you would an Airbnb with your family, right? Yep. Like you sort of take over the place. It's yep. your vacation. You're mm -hmm. lounging. Mm -hmm. And then one night in the middle of the night, there's a knock on the door. And it's the couple who owns the property. And something is going down in New York City. And they, they're, they need a place to stay. And this is their property. Right. And so there's like, they're both couples are sort of imposing on one another right um the couple that's vacationing is white the couple that owns the property is black so there's like this dynamic at play there there's a really a lot of interesting commentary happening in this book about yes. and it's a, it's racism a, it's not a very long book no and 
meanwhile, we just, weird things start happening. Like they can't get a signal on their phones. The TV's not coming through. The animals outside are acting weird. And no, they don't know what is happening. And as a reader, we don't know what's happening. You, you start, you first start to wonder, is something actually happening? Or is this like kind of a, are the, the homeowners even really the homeowners? Um, can they be trusted? Like what's really happening? And stuff just gets weirder. I describe this as my nightmares brought to life. The things I actually <laughs> have nightmares about. It, I think it's the best kind of horror. Right. The, it's just that like slow build. And the more you read, like the more you dread turning the page because you're like, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen, kinda but feel I know like, it's not going to be good. I feel like Leave the World Behind needs to live in horror and as we talk about I it. I will say that I, Barack and Michelle Obama are involved in the production right. of this film. And Barack Obama loves Leave the World Behind, and he gave notes on the script. So if what? you love Barack Obama, which you should, um, you should, you should watch the movie just for that. That's so exciting. Um, I didn't know how I felt at first about Julia Roberts starring in this, but I've seen the preview and I'm feeling it. I totally feel it. Okay. I think she'll be great. All the light we cannot see. Anthony Doerr. So this has been out for a long time, but Mm -hmm. this has always been a popular book. It won the Pulitzer Prize. Um, it's a World War II, World War II France. And it's about... Um, a blind girl and she's living with her father and has to figure out how to get out of Paris. Mm -hmm. Has a plot point of radio technology being involved. I just know that my mother gave me this book at a time where I couldn't read about World War II. (laughs) And so it still lives on the shelf in my bedroom. So I read it. it. It's a very good book. Um, but interestingly, when I read this book, um, right after that, someone had given me The Nightingale to read, which is also World War II. Yeah. Fans, and I was like, I can't. Yeah. That's exactly what happened to me. They came out too close and I read The Nightingale yeah. first. Yeah. But this is, um, you know, this has been out for a long time. It's 2014. Mm-hmm. And it comes out November 2nd on Netflix. And it's um, a show. So this should I'm hope I'm hopeful that with shows sometimes more than movies you get more like the treatment that you would expect. Yeah, I just want to say the Wikipedia entry on this book says Anthony Doerr drew inspiration for this book based on a train ride he was on in 2004. A passenger on the train became frustrated after his telephone call disconnected. And he, in his reflection on this, thought that this person did not appreciate the true miracle of long distance communication. And so he wanted to write a novel about appreciating that kind of miracle. And that's where the tele or the the radio technology comes in. I mean, I'll read it. It's a book about ultimately about connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it is different from what I would say is like sort of your run of the mill World War Two fiction. Um, it's a different angle. Yeah. And it's really well written. Anthony Doerr is an excellent writer. I love his writing. So I read Four Seasons in Rome and then more recently Cloud Cuckoo Land, which was amazing. Cloud Cuckoo Land was phenomenal. It was so good. 
All right, one more. This one's been out for a little bit, but we're going to give it a nod to show, and I'll let you talk about it, because I actually have not read the book. I am reading a book by the same author, right? um, and I have not seen the show. I loved The Power. I have been talking about it since we opened the store. I was talking about it long before then. It's by Naomi Alderman. 2016 novel, women spontaneously develop the power to send electrical current through their hands. So like your hands become a taser. Sweet. And it was in response that to That could have come in handy a few times. Though. Yeah. It's in re- Hey Austin, come here. Yeah. It's in response to an assault, but it becomes like a virus. Like once it pops up in one woman, it pops up in another and it just spreads. It's mostly in teenage girls um, in full puberty and it they soon develop the ability to pass it on to women who've uh, gone through puberty, um, even menopausal women. And so this power ends up crushing the patriarchy and totally transforming all of human history. The TV show is fantastic. Um, I binge watched it. Um, it was on Amazon starring Tony Collette. Season two has been delayed probably until late 2024, but I will be so eager for it. Um, I really love the character development of the various women who hold important roles in this book. I like Tony Collette too. Yeah, she's really good in this role. She is, I think, the governor of Washington in this story. Mm. And she is having to deal with this as a crisis, a worldwide crisis. And what do we do about it? And how do we respond? Her daughter is one of the individuals who develops the power. Um, She asks her daughter to give her the power. It has effects on their family, her marriage, all the world is freaking out. And I just love it. I will say this is a book that entertains a world in which no means no. Well, and I will say, having recently read and like finishing a book by Naomi Alderton, she knows how to spin a story. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the way that she tells stories. She's very good at weaving characters and separate, like, storylines together to tell a whole story. Yeah, but leaving the gaps where it creates that, like, mystery for you, but then bringing it back together. It's like the the way that it's done is just so smooth. Yeah. But it's quite intricate. I really love her. I find her stories to be amazing. So I'm excited to bring her next book into the store. All right. Let's pop it on the shelves this week. We got a lot of good stuff popping this week. In hardcover, we have the first novel from Jasmine Ward in five years. So you may know Jasmine Ward. She has won um, two National Book Awards for Salvage the Bones and Sing Unburied Sing. She Have has, you read either? I've read Sing Unburied Sing. Me too. Um, she has a very like lyrical, poetic, haunting uh, quality to her writing. This book is about um, an enslaved woman, Annis, in the working in the Carolinas, um, and her her father is the owner, but she, he doesn't know that she knows that. Um, her mother tells her. And when Annis is an adult, her mother is sold off and Annis's lover escapes slavery. And shortly thereafter, all the women on the property are sort of rounded up and they're marched 
to be sold off. So they marched through the Carolinas down to the slave markets of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And so the book chronicles their their travels, I guess, as they as they do that march. And um, I am excited to read it because I think that uh, her writing is just so special. Mm-hmm. And I believe we have signed copies of this. Yeah, that's exciting. We love signed copies. Yes. Speaking of signed copies, we'll have signed copies of our next book, West Heart Kill by Dan McDorman. This is our favorite kind of mystery. Love it. It but is. Also, I I feel like the rep told us, and I believe it, that this is like a love it or hate it kind of book. The book talks to the reader. So you should read it. And if you hate it, come talk to us. And if you love it, come talk to us. We want to hear it both. Um, it's a debut novel by a TV news producer. He's worked as a newspaper reporter, book reviewer, and also a cabinet maker. Um, but this is his debut novel, and it is just outstanding. It draws on all the traditions and history of the mystery genre and brings them in as elements of the story, ways in which people have killed people, um, great writers of crime fiction. Tropes. Tropes, yes. We love this book. I love this book because it is set in the 1970s, <laughs> and you totally feel it. Um a private investigator is traveling to an exclusive kind of resort estate where many people have homes around like a uh, lake. Yes. And, and it's been this is generations. Yeah. That this property has been in these families. Right. And so these families have very incestuous relationships. They've all known each other for lifetimes and things have happened in the past and things are happening now that are very questionable. People will die. People and, will have sex with one another. And they don't know that he is there it, as a private investigator. He has a personal connection right. and gets himself invited along, mm-hmm. but he is really there to investigate. Um, it is so fun. I loved it. I thought it was so smart. Um, I really enjoyed this book. Completely one of a kind. Yeah, totally original. I love it. All right, next we have... In nonfiction, Hidden Potential, The Science of Achieving Greater Things by Adam Grant. Grant is the author of one of our best-selling nonfiction books, Think Again, The Power of Knowing What You Don't Know. And in this, I, I really like, as like the teacher in me, likes the premise of this book. So in this one, he argues through research and telling compelling anecdotes that progress depends less on how hard you work than on how well you learn and that we all have the ability to learn. And because we live in this very comparison-driven culture, we underestimate the potential we have for learning. Cool. Love it. All right. In paperback, we have a new romance by the author of Delilah Green and Astrid Parker. Um, Two titles um, that have been well-loved in our store, but this is Iris Kelly Doesn't Date by Ashley Herring Blake. Iris is surrounded by people in love, and she wants nothing to do with it. Thank you very much. She's satisfied with one-night stands, but she's a romance writer. Oh, no. And she's got a deadline coming up. And she's like, I hate my life, so I'm going to go to this bar and hook up with this hot chick, Stefania. Mm-hmm. But then, and it goes, it's a horrible one night stand, like goes wrong. She's like, I'm not, you know, Mm -hmm. she wasn't going to like hook up with Stefania again anyway, but like it went bad. But then she decides, I'm going to try out for this queer play, retelling 
play of Much Ado About Nothing. And who is cast opposite her, do you think, Amanda? Stefania! Fucking Stefania! Second chance at love, right? Is that the trope, Rachel? Enemies to lovers, maybe? Second chance at love? I don't know. Second chance, enemies to lover. Lovers. Forced proximity. Forced proximity, for sure. All right. Okay. Um, In fantasy... We have the paperback edition of Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia of Fairies by Heather Fawcett. This author is going to be joining our Women from Other Worlds book club in January by Zoom. So pick up a copy, read it, get on board, join the book club, show up. Um, Be sure to reserve a spot on our website so that you can get a link. Everybody on staff loves this. Um, Emily Wilde is the world's leading fairy expert, F-A-E-R-Y, just yes. so you know. Like, if you're in the know, you know how to spell fairy. It's not A-I-R-Y. I wasn't in the know until this book. So this is her first complete volume of fairy lore. Um, when this work takes her to a village, she finds that her academic rival, Wendell, is also on site. Trouble and so it sounds like there might be love. I don't know. I also, like, I haven't read this yet. Either it's love or Wendell is up to some no fucking good shenanigans. Ooh. Maybe both. I don't know. And there's a sequel slated for the spring, I believe. Yes. But Heather Fawcett has been lovely in working with us, and we are excited. And I think she's Canadian. I don't know. She might be. I think she is. Rachel will fact check. And then in... Paperback, another store favorite from last year, Signal Fires by Danny Shapiro. Uh, Danny Shapiro is known for writing nonfiction. This is her fiction debut. And it's about um, this retired doctor um, who has lost his wife. He's, he's moving out of the home that they shared together and raised their children in. And he befriends the little neighbor boy across the street, Waldo, who is 10 and dealing with his own stuff at home mm-hmm. and his own, you know, being misunderstood in the world. And the two of them sort of forge this relationship and their families and their lives start to intersect in really interesting and powerful ways. Cool. In kids, we have Diary of a Wimpy Kid number 18. No 18. brainer. <sighs> yeah. So get excited, fans of Wimpy Kid. In- I do like the premise of this one. <laughs> Greg's excited because the town is like, the middle school is falling down. We need to raise the building. And he's like, sweet, I don't have to go to school anymore because mm. he's kind of stupid, I guess. Yeah. And um, but they're like, no, actually, you just have to go to another school. And it also means that his best friend, if their middle school is torn down, will have to go to a different middle school. Oh, no. So now they're trying to save the middle school. I wonder what will happen. I wonder. All right, popping in the store. I'm doing story time with Lovey. This will be one of our last weeks reading Halloween stories. Try to fit a few in. Today I had a kid in a cute pumpkin skirt. Everyone talks about what they're going to be for Halloween this year. You and I are going to be famous characters from literature. (laughs) I am. She gets to be Viola Swamp because she has dark hair. And I'm going to be Miss Nelson. And I don't know how many people will get it, but thank you for joining me on that journey. You're welcome. Friday, the 27th at 7, spooky puzzle competition, people. Reserve your spot. Has it opened? Is registration open, Rachel? Yes. Open, well, by the time this airs, yes. 
Registration is open. These fill up quickly. Mm-hmm. So grab your table. Highly competitive. Highly competitive. We don't and need any any amateurs here. Okay? The Same Halloween the Halloween competition is extra special because we're offering an additional prize for people who have the best costumes. Mm, okay. So you can really get into this. On Saturday, October 28th from 4 to 5 p.m., Good Books, Young Troublemakers is reading The Parker Inheritance. And what's really fun is this month the kids all have signed copies because Varian Johnson was in Ames and visited schools in the library and signed all of our stock. So The Parker Inheritance, a really important piece of historical fiction for middle grade readers, will be discussed at Good Books, Young Troublemakers. With that, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. Remember, uh, subscribe, like, follow, because you want to find out what's happening in Dog Eared Books every single week. Yep. And if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books. Follow us at at Dog Eared Books Ames or at Dog Eared Books on TikTok. All right, listeners, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. This is so great. It's so great. (laughs) 